Good. Powerful. I was a little bit nervous before, uh, but with your fantastic MCing, bringing in the royal wedding, being relevant, I just, and the video, I just feel at ease now. I feel good. I feel like, you know, mistakes have happened, and uh, it sort of sets me, you know, I'm like, okay now. You know, if I stuff up a little bit, it's been worse. So that's okay. I want to introduce myself a little bit. Uh, some of you may know me, some of you may not know me. Uh, I uh, sort of grew up here in East Auckland, went to a local school, high school, uh, after moving here from South Africa, and uh, got saved here, got married here, got baptized, all the rest. Steve was youth pastor, and um, yeah, met my wife, Ab. Uh, she, so most people have to go to life to get a wife, but she came to me, which is really cool, uh, and that worked out well, and uh, yeah, none of you got that joke. Um, and so... Yeah, been in Whangarei for six and a half years, as Frosty said, and recently just come back uh, two, two or three months ago, which is cool. So here's a little picture of my family up on the screen. Uh, we haven't had a recent, recent photo. Uh, with these, these three children in that photo. You can only see two of them, uh, but that's okay. Uh, so that's uh, my oldest, Ezekiel, uh, my favorite, uh, Sienna in the middle there. She's two and a half, and then uh, Fetus and Abby and me. That's us. Uh, we also have a little baby called... You can't say favorite? You can't say that? Oh, she, she didn't hear me. Uh, and so, yeah, we've got a little boy called Jed. He's like about eight weeks old, which is cool. So, yeah, really good to be back here. This is home. Uh, this is home for us, and so we're so stoked to be, be here. And uh, tonight I want to preach from the Bible, uh, which is great. I want to read from Galatians uh, chapter 6, verse 7. It says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Galatians uh, 6 verse 7 again in a different translation says, don't be misled, you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. So I wanna shed some light on a little principle called sowing and reaping. You know, often we find that in the natural, uh, so in the spiritual. Things that God has put in place in the natural uh, repeat themselves in the spiritual. And sowing and reaping is one that is just like this. Uh, and the thing about it is, is even if you don't understand it or know about it, you're still doing it. So it's actually quite good to know about it. And uh, often we think about sowing and reaping in a negative sense. But tonight, I want to let you know that sowing is actually a really positive thing. And if we would get a grasp on this principle and put it into practice, we'd see God do things in our life that we couldn't imagine. You know, I really believe that our present is our present today is a result of what you've sowed in a previous season. Today, you're reaping a harvest of things that you've sown. And if we would change what we sow, we will reap something different in the future. And if you're taking notes uh, tonight and you want to go to heaven, the title of my message is The Seeding List. The Seeding List. I'm going to pray before we kick into it. God, we just thank you that you're so good to us, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you show and reveal to us through nature. God, I pray that you would help us understand this word. God, get a grasp of it. God, I pray there would be so much more than information. God, I pray there would be an impartation. I pray that there would be understanding. God, I pray that this would be something that would hit our heart and change the, we will, the way that we live. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? And everybody said? Awesome. I really need you guys to work with me tonight. There's nothing like an awkward, quiet audience. You guys need to be rowdy, need to like laugh at my jokes. I know that JP will laugh at my jokes, which is awesome, but you guys need to help him out. It's gonna be great. Now, for, for as long as I can remember, I, I've really had like an interest 
and fashion and sneakers and things like that. I remember it started when I was just in primary school. I don't know how old I was. Maybe I was like eight or nine, maybe like seven or 10. That's quite a broad age range. But I remember my dad came home uh, with a pair of Levi's jeans and a Stussy t-shirt. What's Stussy? I don't really know, but it, you know, some cool people say Stussy. Yeah, let's go, let's go Stussy. Ah. <laughs> Giving the people what the people want. Anyway, he came home with those items of clothing. And I remember from that moment on, on I decided, I made a decision that Levi's were the best jeans that you, you could get. You know? I refused from that moment forward for like several years to wear anything but Levi's jeans. It probably wasn't a great idea on my dad's part because it cost him in the long run financially. Uh, but I would only wear those. I would you know, insist they were the best cut, they were the best fit and all that kind of thing. No, these are not Levi's jeans. Uh, and so I would only wear those. Obviously, I'm more educated now. Uh, and... And I remember that sort of graduated. I was always into collecting things. And, and then about six, maybe seven years ago, I got into collecting sneakers, which is kind of a weird thing to, to uh, get into. But that's what I got into, sneakers or trainers or shoes, if you will. Uh, and uh, that sort of passion and hobby grew. I sort of got more sneakers and uh, decided I needed to take photos of them as you do. My wife had a camera, so I took that. And then obviously with photos, you need to post them somewhere. So I created a blog and an Instagram account called My Wife and Kicks. I know, like my wife and kids, but kicks. Yeah, it was, it was kind of lame. Uh, and uh, so as you can see now, I got, I, I've, got a few, I've got a few pairs of shoes, okay? Uh, that's probably like a third of my collection. Uh, and so I've got, I've got a few pairs of shoes. And uh, it's kind of what I'm passionate about. And the thing is, I found myself in the situation, you can get it, yeah, people have seen enough, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, some of those shoes I've bought, but I found myself on this thing called a seeding list. You see, it's like, there's been several uh, situations in life, uh, in, in, in my life, where, where God has really brought favor, where there's been these circumstances or situations or conversations or chance meetings where God has really caused me to be in a position now where I really shouldn't be. I feel like God's having a laugh, to be honest, right? He's, he's really having a laugh. Like, there's been opportunities that have come my way that I, I really can't explain besides for the favor of God. I remember a little while ago, and I, this isn't actually in my notes, but I was sitting in, in worship, like, thinking about this because I thought, like, this is really funny. Like, I ended up uh, a full-page uh, photo in Remix magazine, okay, which is, like, one of the premier uh, fashion magazines here in New Zealand. But the funny thing is, is that I took the photo myself. The second funny thing is that if you look really closely, you can see my hand, and I've got, like, a self-timer remote in it. It was, like, a really average camera. And, like, the outfit was really random. I bought the shoes uh, with the half price voucher from a competition that I shouldn't have won, and I had like a jersey from the op shop. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, I feel like God was just having a laugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, God's like, yeah, we'll just put him in there. But the thing is, I really believe that this is not about me, but it's about something that God wants to do. Someone that God wants to use, and if it wasn't me, God would just use somebody else. But I've chosen to make myself available for God to be used. And so I found myself on this thing called a, a seeding list. In common people terms, you get free stuff, right? You get free shoes. You know, for certain brands and stores, and uh, the phrase sort of annoys me, because when people say, oh, you, you get free shoes, oh, you know, that's cool, you should, like, you should give me some free shoes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, hey, you got, you know, you know New Balance, you should like 
talk to them about me, you know, and get them to send me free stuff. And what they imply is that there's nothing that I have done in order to acquire these free shoes. And so they're like, oh, you've done nothing to get it, so you should just give it to me. And I think the thing that, that, that annoys me the most is it implies that it's cost me nothing. But you know what I realize is that I am where I am today because of things I've sown. I've sown for the last seven years, and today what I'm walking in is a result of what I've been sowing for those last seven years. Are you with me? You know, often people want what you have, but they're not willing to sow what you've sown. I want to say that in a different way. Sometimes people are unhappy with what they're reaping, but they love what they sow so much that they don't want to give it up. Do you know what I mean? People want what you have without putting the work in that you've put in. So I found myself on these seeing lists, and I find it interesting that the marketing people, the smart people, they call it seeding. They call giving away free product, they call it seeding. In other words, what they're saying is that there is an expectation when they seed a product that there will be return, that there will be fruit. You know what I'm saying? They, they understand that when someone of influence posts a photo or an image or a video, photo and image, the same thing. When they post something with their product in it, that the people in that person's sphere of influence will be influenced, I know I'm saying influence a lot, to buy that product. In other words, if they see $200 worth of product, they may get $2,000 worth of sales. So there is fruit that comes from their seeding. They understand the process of sowing and reaping. So what's happening here is that they're not sending me free shoes. I am trading my influence. I'm trading my reputation. I'm trading my skills in photography for their product. There is an exchange that takes place, but they realize that if they were to sow those seeds or, or seed that product into good soil, there would be a harvest from their sowing. Do you hear what I'm saying? They understand the process of sowing and reaping. When we sow, we will also reap. What we plant, we will also harvest. Hope you're still with me tonight. You know, the principle extends to pretty much everything we do. Our actions have consequences, cause and effect. Some people call it karma, although karma is slightly different. We realize what goes around comes around. You hear what I'm saying? What we sow, we will reap. Tonight, I wanna to share some thoughts around sowing and reaping that's gonna help us understand this concept a little bit better. You guys with me tonight? You still with me? Just turn to the neighbor next to you and make sure they're not asleep. If they are, smack them in the head and we'll carry on. The first thing that I wanna share with you tonight is this. We reap according to the kind that we sow. We reap according to the kind or the type that we sow. Genesis 1 verse 12 says this, the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed and according to their kinds, and God saw that, was, that it was good. See, this is part of God's design. God designed things to reproduce from their own kind. If I were to plant apple seeds, I would get an apple tree and I would get apples, right? If I were to plant a lemon seed, I would get a lemon tree and I would get lemons. When you see dogs, say dogs like they do their thing, right? And you get other dogs, you don't get cats. 
My wife recently had a child, and surprisingly or not, it was of the human variety. You know, because when humans reproduce, we get humans. You guys get how it works, right? We reproduce after our own kind. This is God's design. It's not, yeah, it's funny. This is some, not something that we can change. You know, so this, if this is true in the natural, it's also true in the spiritual. We cannot sow lies and expect truth. We cannot sow gossip and expect unity. Uh, we cannot take blurry iPhone photos and expect Instagram likes. We can't support the blues and expect wins. You see, what you sow, what you sow, you will also reap. And we reap according to the kind that we sow. You guys with me tonight? I remember several years ago, at this point we only had two children. Uh, and Sienna, if you've heard her story, you maybe heard Abby share a little bit last night, but uh, she had some medical uh, complications which meant that we weren't able to send her to daycare. And in this season of life, I had finished up leading Power Zone, which I was doing, uh, praise God, uh, finished up, uh, <laughs> along with leading Oxygen. And uh, which that meant is that we were, I was gonna lose some paid hours uh, and it meant that we were gonna be under more pressure financially. And I remember God really clearly saying to me at that point in our life that uh, I was not to expect Abby to go back to work or send Abby back to work. Uh, it was really important for us as a family that Abby was able to spend time with our kids because they're the main priority. And it's easier said than done. And I remember it was like, cool, God, I, I get that. I understand and I'm gonna do it. It was a big step of faith, and I remember just soon after, I'd made that decision, I heard from God, said, yep, cool, that's fine, told Abby, she was like, cool, uh, and um, I remember soon after that, there was a, a business owner, a friend uh, in the city, and I was doing some social media work for him, free of charge, I was taking photos, managing their social media accounts, I was sewing, I was just sewing, and with, with the expect of no return, and he approached me and said, hey, I'd love to pay you for the work that you're doing. I was like, cool, that's awesome. He's like, I wanna pay you this much. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, like. <laughs> and, and then soon after that, I was in contact with an international brand that produces headphones. And they're like, we want you to be part of um, our campaign, a social media campaign that's coming up. And uh, we wanna pay you this much. And I was like, yes, you do. And, uh, and so God <laughs> began to provide for me in ways that I'd never imagined. Like I was just so blown away that as I took this step of faith, that I, as I took this um, step of financial faith, that God blessed me financially. He blessed me according to the kind that I'd sown. According to the kind that I'd sown. I was so blown away by God's goodness. I wasn't expecting it, but what I did know is that when you sow, you reap according to the kind that you sow. Are you with me tonight? The second thing is this, we reap with the measure we use. We reap with the measure we use. In Luke chapter six, verse 38, it says, given it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, with, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Again in 2 Corinthians 9, verse six, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. I find these verses fascinating, but also encouraging. What it's saying here is that there is a direct correlation between how we give or how we sow, the measure we use, and what is measured back to us. 
Like that's cool. That's pretty encouraging. It's like a mathematical equation. Whatever you put in will be determine the amount that you that, that is put out back to you. But the thing is, is it says nothing about time, which is the biggest challenge. It says that we, if we sow generously, we will reap generously, but it doesn't say when we will reap generously, which is a bit of a hard thing. In the context of Paul's letter here, he's writing to the Corinthians and he's speaking of the generosity of the Macedonians and encouraging the Corinthians in, 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 in what they do to be generous as well. And I love the scripture, it follows on to say this, each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will, be, you will abound in every good work. How good? As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed, which is God, to the sower and bread for food will also supply an increase in your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And though and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. How good's that? Like, that's a powerful verse. Man, you should just go read 2 Corinthians. You'll be so encouraged and challenged. It's a great passage of Scripture. You know, I believe in tithing. I believe that it's spiritual. Uh, it's a spiritual concept that we see revealed pre-law, during the law, and we also see it in the New Testament. I really believe that, that the concept means that I get to keep 90% rather than me giving 10%. I believe that everything I have belongs to God, and I really believe that giving starts when I begin to give out of the 90%. That's a conviction for me. That's something I've always done um, since I became a Christian. I, you know, I just tithe on everything, you know what I mean? Like, is this, I don't know, you know, that's just what I do because it's a conviction that God has given me. I really see it like this. People are like, ah, oh, you know, I can't afford to give. I'm like, man, I can't afford not to give, you know, like... If, if I want to reap, which I do, you know, I need to sow. And I know that if, I, if it's going hard and I stop sowing, that, that means in the next season, I'm going to stop reaping. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I want to reap and I want to reap generously. And I, only, and I know the only way that I can do that is if I sow generously. I know that if I place my trust in God both verbally and physically, uh, that he will take care of my needs and bless me so that others can be blessed through my life. I think that's really the heart of God is that we are blessed to be a blessing. He, want, he wants to bless us, why? So that we can bless others. There's that old saying, you know, if he can get it through me, he will get it to me. If he can get it through me, he will get it to me. I love that at Elam, we are generous people. Man, every time we come to an offering or a vision offering or a missions offering, the, our generosity just blows me away. And I love that us as a church organization, I hear me, I know that church is not an organization, but us as a church organization are generous too. We, we choose or we have a goal to give 10% of whatever comes in to, to missions and things that are happening around the place. It's so amazing to see the works in Asia and different parts of Asia and even now in Malawi through uh, Martin Shamu. He's, he's, he's the man. He's honestly a legend. And I remember recently we were approaching our vision offering and Pastor Steve got up here a few times. And uh, when, you, when, you when you work here, you sit in all the services so you hear it a lot. But I love it, it's good every time. And he said, he said, just ask God what God would have you give. And then just be obedient to that. Really simple. And I remember I did that. 
And uh, Levi Mary Church came on the Sunday night and I was sitting where Dan's sitting and, and I remember he starts telling the story and he again reiterates what Steve said and, and says that, you know, in order for a seed to bear fruit, it needs to fall to the ground. And I remember God highlighted to me a dream and he also highlighted to me a sum of money uh, in relation to that dream. I'd put this thing on my bucket list and I really wanted to achieve it this year and I'd set aside a sum of money that I was gonna save uh, towards achieving that dream and God's like, you need to give that to the vision offering. I was like, okay, I can do that. And uh, it was more than I've ever given before and I remember God really shifted my heart. Uh, it actually came to the point where when we got to the vision offering, I was like, I was like really excited for like the vision offering day, like to give this amount of money, which is kind of weird, you know, like... And it came to that time and I was both excited and I was both filled with expectation of what God would do and how, as I laid down that dream, God would see that dream realized. And so just a few days later, we're at the hospital um, and baby Jed had been born. Uh, he, you know, children normally born babies. And I remember Abby was on the phone to ID, you know, just getting things done as you do. Uh, and uh, she you know, we've been on the phone to ID, you know, like several times over the years and things like that. And they're like, hey, uh, we've got this sum of money like for you uh, that we need to give to you that's like outstanding from several years ago. And uh, we just need your bank account um, and we can pay it to you. The weird thing is, is that they already have our bank account. And the second weird thing is that we've been on the phone for them like, you know, several times over the last, it was like from three years ago or something. And so I'm like, did God miraculously make the IID pay me money, which I think would be cool if he did? Or is it the fact that when I stepped out in faith, what was hidden came to reality? That God already had it planned, God already had that sum of money set aside, and as I stepped out in faith, I unlocked what God had already had for me. And the funny thing is, is that the amount that IID paid to us is identical to the amount that I gave. How good? You know what the thing is? People tell those stories all the time. That's never happened to me. But now I have a story. You know, how good? <laughs> how good? I've never seen an immediate response like that before. But what I do know is that when we step out in faith and sow generously, that we will also reap generously. So do this. We reap in a different season. Genesis 8.22, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. You know one of the hardest parts of sowing is that we don't know when we will reap? It says that we will, you know, summer and winter, the two different seasons, we, we don't sow, we don't reap, sorry, in the same season that we sow. And sometimes the distance between those can be who knows how long. But you know the thing is we live in a society and we live even in a church culture that glorifies the harvest season, that glorifies all the good things, that glorifies the highlights reel. Instagram is the worst of this, at fueling this thing. We wake up every morning, open Instagram, and we see people's highlights reel. We see full auditoriums, we see new clothes, we see new cars, we see new houses, we see new stuff. And we're like, you know, but I'm not in that season. And we begin to compare ourselves and begin to think that sometimes, maybe, maybe, maybe success doesn't come with hard work. Maybe success comes without sowing, but the reality is it, it doesn't. You know, if we're, if we're not careful, uh, we, we fall into the trap of thinking that people sow without reaping. We fall into the trap of thinking that the wind comes before the work. We think that success comes without failure. 
where we think that gain comes without counting the cost. But the reality is, is that that's so far from the truth. Sometimes things just take time. I came across this quote, which is kind of weird, but kind of funny, but really true. It's from Warren Buffett. It says this, no matter how great the talents or efforts, some things just take time. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. <laughs> how good. But how often do we try and do that? How often do we, I mean like, oh. <laughs> That's bad, that's so bad. Cut the recording. Uh, how often do we try and shortcut the process? Yeah, yeah, how do you come back from that? It's like, that's the question. Wow. <laughs> you know, as I said, as I said at the start, your prison, your prison, come with me, your prison is a result of things that you've sowed in a past season. I believe your present life is the result of two things, harvestings and happenings. I know that's not good England, but that's okay. It's not, it's not the royal wedding. <laughs> Harvesting and happenings. You know, there's some things in life that just happen. There's some things in life that happen and we can't control them. Good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. The Bible says that uh, God causes his son to rise on evil and good and sends rain on righteous and unrighteous. Things happen, life happens. You know what the thing is? You can't change the stuff that happens, but you can change the things you harvest. You can change what you're sowing. You can change what you put in the ground. Here's the thing, you can't change what's happening, but what you can do is you can roll up your sleeves, you can plow some new soil and plant some new stuff. You know, if you're feeling isolated, Maybe it's time to start sowing some friendships. Maybe it's time to start inviting people over for dinner. Maybe it's time to invite someone out for a coffee. If your marriage is struggling, well, maybe it's time to prioritize your marriage. Maybe it's time to put some work in. If your bank account isn't looking good, maybe you need to take a look at what you're spending and make a budget and change that, turn that around. If your results at school or uni are not what they should be, maybe it's time to start studying. <laughs> because the thing is, we reap what we sow. We harvest what we plant. What we put in is what we get out. I wanna go back to what I said right at the start. Galatians 6, 7, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. We focused on the harvesting and planting part, but I wanna look a bit at, at the justice of God. You know, justice is an aspect of God that we see revealed, but you know in Jesus, we see another aspect of God revealed. We see grace. We see grace. Frosty shared before that Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. How's that? Like they seem to be opposing things. How can he be full of both? How can one be 100% true and at the other time, same time, another be 100% true as well? You know, the thing is, is we can sow and we can reap and we can sow with the measure and we can reap with the measure, but sometimes God just adds his favour. Sometimes God just brings his blessing. Why? Because grace is determined, determined. that doesn't make sense. 
Grace means unmerited favour, unearned, undeserved. You know, just the past week, and I, don't, I, really, I really don't say this to boast, because as I said before, this isn't about me. This is God wanting to do something, and He could simply so easily use someone else. But in this past week, I've been on a video conversation with the startup brand all the way in Vancouver, Canada, and the, and the designer is like designed for my favorite brand. And I was on Friday sitting in the New Balance office having a conversation with the marketing manager. I got a call recently uh, from a marketing person in Australia for a chain store that has 70 stores who's coming in New Zealand and just wants to hear what I think. <laughs> I've received product from France, from Canada, from the USA, from UK to take photos of. But you know the thing is, is that I want to tell you a secret. I'm not that cool. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really not that cool. Frosty would tell you he went to school with me. He, like, this is not me. This is not about me. I, I'm really not that smart. I'm really not the most talented. But you know what I do have? I've got the favor of God. Then you know what the favor of God does? The favor of God gets you into conversations that you shouldn't be part of. The, the, the favor of God gets you a yes when really you should get a no. The favor of God opens doors that should be closed. Come on, the favor of God puts us in positions and places that we should never be. But it's not about us, it's all about Him. It's all about Him pursuing people that He wants to reach. It's all about Him reaching a world that's lost and desperately needs a Savior. The favor of God gets you into places that you should never be. I want to invite the band up as I close. But the thing is, is the favor of God isn't some weird thing that you can buy or you can get or you can find. The favor of God simply comes when we're aligned with God. When we're aligned with His heartbeat, when we're aligned with what He's trying to do, we're aligned with, with what He's trying to do in the world. The favor of God comes when we're simply faithful to what He's called us to do. We're simply faithful with what He's put in front of us. And the Bible says that when we're faithful with the little things, that will be trusted with much. Because He knows that if, he, if, if we're able to do what was right with the little, we can do what was right with the much, with the big. And I wanna challenge you tonight. Maybe there's an area of your life where you're just a little bit out of line. Maybe it's like something that you've been journeying through and walking through and you've just been like pushing God out. Like, nah, it's cool, I got this, God. Or maybe it's something that you think God isn't interested in, so you've been like just trying to do it in your own strength. You've been trying to make it happen yourself. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't even have a relationship with God. You've never come into relationship with Him or alignment with Him. Maybe you're here tonight and there's something that's just that's just offended you. Maybe there's something that's hurt you and, and you've sort of been shutting God out because you don't really wanna deal with that hurt. I wanna give you an opportunity tonight. I'm just gonna write as we close, ask everyone to just close their eyes and, and bow their heads. And if that's you tonight, if you're like, yeah, Adrian, I'm, I'm, I'm just out of alignment. There's some things in my life where I haven't let God in or I've been trying to push God out. If you tonight and you're saying like, yeah, I just, I wanna get right with God. I wanna get back into alignment. And hear me right, these may be people that are in relationship with God. You're saved. 
but you're just a little bit out of alignment. I'm just gonna do something real simple. I'm just gonna ask you to pop up your hand and I just wanna acknowledge you and I wanna pray with you. So if that's you tonight, I just wanna count to three and right where you are, just pop your hand right up and I'll see their hand and acknowledge you. I just wanna pray with you. You know, it's not about me seeing your hand. I think it's a step of faith. It's a step of faith. Cool, I see those hands. Awesome. Is anybody else? Three, two, one. Right where you are, just pop your hand up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's not about me. This is about you getting honest before God and saying, yeah, God, that's me. God, I need to come back in alignment. I just wanna pray for you. God, I thank you for your grace that is sufficient for us. I thank you that your strength is made perfect, God, in our weakness. And in this position of humility, God, as these people raised their hands and said, yeah, I'm out of alignment, God, I pray that you, by your grace, would bring them back in, God. By your grace, you would give them the strength and the courage to let go of hurts, God. By your grace, would you give them the strength and courage to make the right decision? God, by your grace, would you reveal to them, God, that the thing that they are doing, that they think you're not interested in at all, God, would you show them how interested you are? And I'll pray for a second group of people if you're here tonight and you're like, Adrian, I've never, never given my life to God. I'm not in a relationship, I don't know who God is. But tonight, I just feel like there's my heart's beating. Uh, I feel like my palms are sweaty, knees weak. Um, arms heavy. If you're not, you're like, yeah, I want to start a relationship with God. Why don't you, I'm going to count to three, and why don't you pop your hand up as well. Three, if that's you, two, one. Is anybody here tonight? Awesome. I see that hand. Anybody else? They say, yeah, Adrian, I want to start a relationship with God tonight. Awesome. I see the hand. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Is anybody else? I'm not going to draw this out. Cool. I see the hand. Pray this prayer with me in your heart. God, I thank you that even though I've messed up and made mistakes, Jesus, you died on a cross for me. Not only did you die, but you rose again, conquering sin and death. Today, I choose to follow you. I put my life into your hands. Come and have your way in my life from today and forever. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Everybody said? Hey, come on, why don't we stand to our feet? Why don't we stand to our feet? We're gonna close with some praise, but I was gonna pray a blessing on you as we go. God, we just thank you for everyone. God, we pray your blessing, your anointing, in Jesus' name. God, we use them this week to go reach some people, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Run